a few years ago, I made a mistake. I was, yeah, I know, my only one in life right now. <laughs> I didn't realize it would come out that way. <laughs> the mistake was I was very stressed out, really tough time, and I just wanted to escape, go somewhere else. And so I went to this webpage for a cruise line company, all kinds of cruises around the world, uh, you know, tropical cruises, Alaska cruises, South American cruises, and I put down my phone number and my address to get just some more information. That was a mistake. <laughs> because since that time, years back, I still get about every two weeks a nice full-color magazine in the mail of all these amazing cruises I could take and spend lots and lots of money. And I even still get calls from their concierges, like, like you know, Monsieur Schwarzenbaga calls me up like, hello, Mr. Paveglio, can I interest you? And it's just like, still going on. <laughs> I just wanted to, to escape. And I thought of that again this week because there was an, a news article that there's now a cruise line that will let you have a cruise not just for like a week or two weeks or even a few months, but you can actually cruise with them nonstop. Cruise without end, as long as you've got the money, of course. It's a three-year contract. You can renew it. And for the rest of your life, you can just have meals dropped off to you, visit beautiful beaches, uh, play cars, play games, see beautiful sights, like nonstop. And I thought to myself again this week, like, mm, I feel that pull of like sometimes just want to escape. And like, wouldn't it be great if I just never had to deal with any of this annoying stuff like ever again? We've all felt that. And of course, it's good to have a vacation. It's good to have some time away. It's great to get to the state fair and have a good time. But of course, we know that that desire to escape from suffering and just never have to deal with it again is often something that is exactly opposite of what we should be doing. Peter, last week in the gospel, he gave the right answer. Jesus said, who, who do you say that I am? And he says, with the help of God, you are the Christ. You're the one we've been waiting for. Boom, Peter gets it right. He knows the right answer. But this week he shows that he's not quite wise yet. Because you can have the right answers, but you may not be thinking as God thinks. And when Jesus starts talking about how he is called to go to Jerusalem and to suffer, and to die, and to be raised, Peter wants to have nothing to do with that. God forbid it, Lord, that that should ever happen to you. God forbid. You know, Peter, he's, he, he knows he's with the Messiah. He knows he's with the one who's come to set things right. He's come to restore God's glory. He's come to bring peace. And so he kind of thinks to himself, like, well, this should be on the up and up, right? Like, we should have fewer and fewer problems. This should be getting better and better. More people are following us. There's more energy. There's, there's more, more things happening. And so the idea of suffering and dying in Jerusalem is like, well, certainly that is impossible. That, that could not possibly be what God wants. When, in fact, Jesus knows it's exactly what the Father's will is. And Jesus though he's fully human like us and fully God, and he feels all the, the fear and the agony and the trembling before death in the garden, nonetheless, his heart 
is set on accomplishing the Father's will, and he wants to go to Jerusalem. He burns with desire to go and to make that gift. To carry the cross for us, to lay down his life, and to save us. And his disciples have to understand, slowly through faith, that this is the mystery of the love of God. Jesus could have escaped that suffering so many times. He's almighty. He could summon legions of angels. When they began to put him on the cross, he could have called down fire from heaven to consume his executioners. (laughs) But instead, he revealed the Father's greatest love, that even though this would cost him something, Jesus would not waver from standing in the truth. He would not lie. He would not cut a corner to escape this suffering. On the cross, Jesus stood firmly in love. He did not return insult for insult or hatred for hatred. He simply offered mercy, compassion, the divine kindness of God that that changes sinners into saints and brings light into darkness. He could have escaped from the suffering, but he chose to enter into it out of love for you and me. This was his mission. The good news, brothers and sisters, is that Jesus has won this grace for us. He has endured and suffered and stood fast in love and truth when we never could have, when we constantly compromised and broke promises and turned away from the Lord. He did what we could not do. He saved us from damnation and opened the gates of heaven. And yet, Jesus our Savior invites us to participate and be with him in the crosses that we are called to carry in our earth journey. We are not the Savior. We cannot win salvation for the whole world. But we want to be with the one we love. We want to be in his friendship. And he invites us to become co-workers to bring in the harvest of God's children by not escaping from suffering, by knowing that there are times when God will ask us to give something up, to deny our false selves that just wants to have pleasure and comfort all the time for something more, something greater. We're called to participate in sharing the cross of Christ in that way. I think one way that Sometimes we get a little confused about this gospel passage is that when Jesus talks about following him and taking up our cross, now he says, what profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit your life? And I think sometimes we think that doesn't apply to us. Because like gaining the whole world, I mean like, I'm never going to be on like a cruise line that has trips that never end, like, I don't have that much money, you know, I don't even have that much money for, like, a regular cruise, or we think, like, you know, I've, I've got all these responsibilities, I've got kids, I've got all this stuff to do, like, I'm just trying to make ends meet, like, I'm never going to be, like, this big figure, like, a CEO or a celebrity, like, I'm never going to gain the whole world, like, that's never going to happen to me, I, I'm not going to lose my soul like that, but you forget that Jesus isn't just talking about these things. He's talking about all the ways that 
we're called to be firmly planted in truth and in love. And when suffering comes, so often our first reaction is, I just want to get away from that. <laughs> I just want to escape. And when we do that, we are creating our own world. See, it, it, it doesn't have to be the, the big cruise ship. It doesn't have to be the massive vacation, the celebrity, or being like a worldwide figure. It happens like this. It happens like you're at your workplace, and something is happening which is not good. And you realize that there's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of frustration, a lot of annoyance coming down the pipe for you. Maybe you lose your job, maybe someone else does. Bad blood in the office. And you realize that if you just hold one lie, this would all just kind of blow over you. If I just say this one thing, that it's not true, but it's only one lie. It's just, it's just one denial of the, tr the, the truth. But if I can just say this one thing, I'll be free from all this junk. Or maybe someone else will have to deal with it. You've gained a whole world for yourself, but at what cost? You forfeited, you forfeited the truth. And Christ is the truth incarnate. That's how it happens. Or it happens like this. You're married, and your spouse is trying to reconnect with you, trying to, trying to reconcile with you, trying to, to change your relationship for the better, and it's hard. And there's a lot of frustration there. There's anger there. Maybe there's some baggage there. And you don't want to engage with that because you feel bad. You don't know how to do it. You want the other person to, to, to do other things and to fix it. And instead of coming together and working on things together, as painful as, as it is, you just put up the wall. You're like, no, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to go out and do my own kind of world, my own kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll put up with her, I'll put up with him, but I'm just going to be in my zone. And when you do that, you're making a world for yourself. And you're escaping from standing in love. You've, you've dropped the cross. You've left it behind. But at what cost? You've given up love. And Christ is love incarnate. There's lots of other examples I could give, but, but this is how it happens, that we can actually feel like we're gaining a whole world, and yet we've begun to actually not think the thoughts of God. We can even begin to play on Satan's team and not even realize it. Because when suffering comes, and I'm called to stand in truth and love, God calls me not to escape and not to run not to distract myself, but to take up my cross with him. To remember that God's love is more satisfying than any earthly good. That was the psalm today, Psalm 63. Go home and read that. That's an incredible psalm. Lord, my flesh and my heart are pining for you. Your love is better than life. It's, it's like the riches of a banquet. When you know the love of Jesus who laid down his life for you, and you begin to taste his love, all the things that at one time tempted you, those escapes, the, the big vacations, the money, uh, 
the celebrity, people liking you, all those things begin to seem so, so, like, puny. Like, that's, that's like nothing. That's nothing instead of standing in and with Jesus in love and in truth, even if I've got, I've got to carry a cross, even if there's a great, a great weight on here, on my shoulders. I think sometimes we feel the weight of the cross. We feel that calling not to escape from truth and love, even to escape from pain. And we sometimes think, like, like why, why, should, why should I have to feel this? Like, God, if you love me, why would this happen to me? Or, like, this should happen to other people. Or we can say, like, I've been Christian my whole life. I prayed a lot. Like, I, I, I do good things for you, God. Like, and this is the thing that I have to carry? What gives? And we can think that God does not love us or God does not see us in that. When the exact opposite is true. When it actually may be Jesus saying to us, I love you so much that I want you to share this cross with me. I want you to bear this burden. I want you to be my friend and my vessel by whom truth and love are reborn into a world which constantly wants to get on the cruise ship and just leave. Just could do my own thing. He loves you and me so much that he would trust us with that kind of commission. I'm not going to leave. My feet are planted here. I may be on the cross, but Lord, you are with me and I am with you and there's no place I'd rather be. And the good news is that there will be resurrection. The cross is not the final word, but it is the word necessary to get to the resurrection, to get to the glory where the suffering is over. And we've been reborn in truth and love. As we begin this fall season, this new academic year, a new year of ministry as a community, friends, let's really ask ourselves, let's ask God, Lord, what are the things that tempt me to just escape? That tempt me to just throw down my cross and say, you know what? Um, I'm just going to build a world for myself. I'm just going to be in my own kind of bubble. It's only one lie. It's only one act of apathy, selfishness. It's only one cross I'm throwing down, but the thing is we only have one cross to bear in this life. What are the things that that distract us like that. Let's pray for the grace that we would know the love of Jesus so much this year that his love would be so powerful that all these other things begin to lose their attraction. Why would I want that? Why would I go after that? Lord, I know your love so much. I know how much you stood fast for me at the cross because you loved me. Let that be in me. I will follow you. I will pick up my cross. Lord, I will deny myself. Help me, Lord. Help me. I'm not the Savior of the world, but you are. And in every situation that's painful for me, Lord, you are there. You're saving me. And I can follow you to the resurrection. Let's pray like that this year.